Welcome to C3 Belconnen. Here's the latest message from our senior pastor, Nick Hind. Oh, the joys. Oh, the joys. Maybe a little bit of a strange way to start uh, a message, but I want to put that phrase right in front of you. Oh, the joys. I actually reckon that'll make a really cool life statement. I was reading that, and I'll tell you where in a moment, and I was pondering and thinking about it this week. I thought, what a cool thing. I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't often think like this, but I thought, wow, if I had to have something written on my headstone at the end of my days, something has summed up my life, that'd be cool. Oh, the joys. I guess it'd get people thinking, what joys? Is that joy that was brought, joy that was experienced? Where does this joy come from. I actually think it's a would be an amazing phrase and a fitting way to sum up a life. It actually describes to me a perspective on life. You know, it's funny how closely linked the end and the beginning can be. Jesus said, well, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first. Maybe that's where your thought first went. But What I want to say to you is that what will be said at the end is so much about where you start from. What is first in your life is actually going to sum up at the end of your life what you were all about. Now, maybe that's an interesting thought. Maybe that's the first time you've heard something said like that, that you've thought about, hang on, what, what is first? Where are my priorities and how will that reflect on my life? Maybe we think more about just the day-to-day decisions. Maybe we're just kind of flowing with the tide. Maybe, uh, you know, we feel like this season was about that and that season was about this. But I want to tell you that there are some bedrocks that you are building your life on, even if you're not aware of them. If you do have priorities, you may not be able to articulate them. I reckon if you showed me your bank balance, your calendar, a few things like that, I'd figure out your priorities uh, pretty quickly. But here's the scary thought. If you're not setting your priorities, somebody else is. That's what the advertising industry is all about. There's a a war for our attention these days. It's a, a big deal. There's books written about it. The reality is that all the devices around us are trying to grab our attention because that matters so much. What you focus on, what you orient your life around literally will determine what you produce and what will remain at the end. So I want to say again that where you start out from what is first actually determines what happens in the end. It'll describe and determine what life looks like when it's all said and done. And sometimes maybe you've thought like that. Maybe you've thought, hey, I wonder what people would say about me or what would you like said about you? I've used that as a way to frame up my life often at this time of year, hey, what do I want people to say I was all about? And then ask myself the question, hey, does my, do my choices today get me closer to that? That's where I want to be. That's the kind of person I want to be. Well, am I heading in that direction? Well, I come back to where that, that phrase is from, and it's from the Psalms. It's Psalm chapter one. In fact, it's the very first phrase in the first Psalm in the Bible. And, And the New Living Uh, translation renders it like that. Oh, the joys of those. And then it goes on to describe two different kinds of life. It immediately turns into a 
contrast and describes a life that is not lived for Jesus, a, a life of someone who fritters away, who associates with the wrong people. And it contrasts that life with the righteous, with those who choose a different orientation. It's ultimately about the, the wicked and the righteous. Now, I know for starters, right, that we would say, well, I want to be right in, in the camp of the, the righteous. No way any of us would choose, hey, I want to be in the camp of the wicked. But there's a, there's a challenge in this scripture about what we are choosing to put first in our lives, about where we are orienting ourselves. There is a, another version of this psalm, another translation, um, the NIV and, and, or, and actually the ESV and a few others say like this, they use this word blessed. Blessed is the one. Oh, the joys of those. And it's rendered the same. Blessed is the one. I want to be that blessed one. In fact, as I was thinking about this and praying about the year ahead and this series of messages recently, I, I found myself saying, Lord, I, I want to be that blessed one. Blessed is the one. I, I, I want to be blessed. Now that, that might rattle you. Maybe it, maybe it irritates you. Oh, you don't like people talking about being blessed, but God doesn't have any problem with that. In fact, he declares and describes his people as blessed. Blessing is not just uh, about having unnecessary nice things in our life. Blessed is the state and the position of someone who puts God first. It is his declaration over our lives. You see, a life of following God is not just about maybe getting the scraps off the table. It's not just about, uh, you know, maybe having God pay you some attention every now and then. No, it is a whole framework for doing life. It is... It is a different mindset with a different goal. It's a different orientation that, that God describes as the life of the blessed. Those who seek after him. Now this blessing, here's the catch, doesn't always look like what you and I might. We might say, oh, this is how I'd describe blessed. You know, all the food I want to eat and never put on any weight when I eat cake and don't have to exercise anymore and got the best car and the best... No, no, no. It's not the accumulation of things. A blessed life is a life lived in relationship with God. But, but that life is described as, as one that isn't devoid of, of good things on this earth as well. It's not shaped by them. It's not in pursuit of them. But those things are natural outworkings for those who follow Christ. doesn't mean life's always going to be easy or will always work out perfectly. But it's okay, all right? It's okay to say, hey, I want to live that blessed life life. It is a promise based on God's principles. And so this blessed life flows from, I just said, what we put or who we put first. Jesus said, uh, in fact, in Matthew 6 verse 33, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And the translation says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Another one says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek God first, and then life is taken care of. All these things. You know what? What are all these things? They're the things. This is, this is in a passage about prayer. It's in an amazing passage in Matthew chapter 6. Go back and, and read all around this particular. Verse, but it's a it's talking about the things we worry about, the things that we pursue in life, 
all of these things. They're talking about the chaos, the mess, the beauty, the, 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 the detail of life. And in amongst all of that, Jesus is saying, hang on. It's not about what order to put all these things or what's good and what's... Seek first, first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all the rest will be added to. All the rest will be taken care of. Problem is we so often get it the other way around. So often we're chasing all the wrong things and we're leaving God till last. And that becomes a, like a lose-lose situation. We're chasing after all of the things of this world and this life. That, and, and boy, it just feels like those things escalate and ramp up and increase all the time. There's more to chase after, more options, more of these things that fighting for our attention. It's actually exhausting. The number of decisions we've got to make, the things fighting for our attention, that will just exponentially increase in our worlds and drown out the things of God if we let them. So what we're often trying to do is chase after all of these things and then fit God in there somewhere. And what's going to happen then is we're going to miss out on the things that we want because there's just too much of it and it gets too confusing. And we actually lose sight of God and His priority in our world. Whereas His way is to seek Him first and then everything else falls into its rightful place in our lives. Now, the phrasing here is simple, but really important, okay? So, uh, seeking first. Well, let's talk about that first. If you look at the original language around the word, literally means a priority. What comes first? What is a, a priority? What have you determined matters most in your life? Seek first, above all else. Not just added to, but before anything else. Make a priority, the things of God. And to seek literally means to look in earnest. doesn't mean to just ponder from a distance or to just hope. Seek it has, a, has an energy about it. It has an activity about it. It is, it is chasing things down. It is striving and going after. So here's the question. What are you striving after above all else this year? What is going to come first in your world? I think it's a particularly important question for us this year in the the mid still of all this disruption. Now, some of that disruption has been helpful. In some cases, it's blown out some of the cobwebs. It's slowed us down long enough to reassess some things. But there's just been a lot of dirt, dust stirred up and mess and chaos. And, and that's a hard place to make decisions from. And it's really easy in that kind of mindset to, to just be thinking, oh, what, what's next? What am I going to grab onto? Where's a, a distraction? Where's a pleasure to pursue? What's something that'll just make things feel a bit easier or oh I just can't I just can't do it I can't be bothered I can't get my head around I don't know what to do it's it's a little bit like uh, if you've ever been trying to use the maps or the GPS on, on your phone in a city with a lot of buildings and it gets confused and can't lock on I remember uh, once a number of years ago we were, we were had this amazing opportunity to spend a little bit of time on holidays in, in Italy, and we went to Venice. Venice is, the, the beauty of Venice is getting lost. It's just impossible to know where you are. There's like the canals and little back streets, and things, or things are numbered, but in a way that's so confusing. And so the, the Maps app was so valuable, but, but it'll just lose track sometimes. Or I, I've been driving through you know, cities like Sydney, and in amongst all the skyscrapers, and you lose the GPS fix. 
and, and then there's this frantic activity in you and in your devices. It tries to, oh, no left, no, 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 no right, no, well, there, oh, no, I'm not even sure where you actually are. And hey, where are we right now? It's hard to tell sometimes. Where, where am I? What is ahead? What direction am I trying to head in? It can be exhausting when we're just trying to figure out the next turn. But sometimes, so often the most important thing is to lift our sights, take our bearings, and just head for true north. Yeah, maybe there'll be some detours and some deviations along the way, but instead of having our sights down here, I don't know what 2021 is all about. I've got some hopes and dreams and some ideas. A little bit gun shy about planning and predicting when things are changing so much, but I've got to get the first things first. I want to be pointing in the right direction and then God can, can adjust and work with me. I can adapt to circumstances rather than obsessing over every little thing and I, and I can't figure out what to do next. So what are you aiming for? What are you directed at? Romans eleven thirty six 36 just tells us that everything is from Jesus. It happens through Him and it is for His glory. That is such a good perspective to start from. Everything that we do, everything that we have, everything around us is about God's glory. The, the output of our lives is about God's glory. Not just Sundays about praising God, not just these little moments in, in our day, hopefully when we're setting time aside, but a life that brings glory to God. So let's take that as our bearing, as our starting point, a life that brings glory to God, a life that puts the things of God first. Let's not start from just circumstances or culture and then try and squeeze God in. You know, as followers of Christ, we're not called to uh, just try and, and adapt God to the situations around us. Or here's what's trending, or here's what's breaking news, or here's what, what's big in my world. Well, how do I squeeze God in? Or how do I try and place a bit of God on, on top of that? We're actually called to start from a different place to start from God's truth and ask, what does it speak to our situation? What does it speak to the circumstances that we are seeing? Are we going to get all fired up about what, what are our, our justifications or, or what are our rights? Or, or are we going to think about God's truth and His love? And the fact that, the, that what we're living for is far beyond just the things of this earth, but things of eternal value, first things first. What does God's truth speak to your finances? What does it speak to your marriage? What does it speak to your work, your health, your time? What does the truth of God speak to the ache of your heart, the past disappointments, your frustrations and your fears? What does the truth of God say about who you are? And what would it look like if you lived from that place? What would it look like if you sought first the kingdom of God, if you made it your primary concern, as the New Living Translation says? Now, I'm sure that this is not the first time you've been encouraged to put God first. It's something that can become almost a, a cliche uh, in Christian circles, but I wonder how well we've actually done at this. And I think there is a key back in that psalm, Psalm 1 there, that can really help us. You see, this psalm describes two different kinds of 
people. It describes uh, those who, who are, I guess, are called the wicked or the ungodly, who head down a path that leads to destruction and ultimately there is nothing left to show for their life. And then it describes those who seek God first. And this is how it describes them. So they'll be planted. They'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth fruit in every season. Their leaf shall not wither and whatever they do shall prosper. What a cool thought. Trees planted along the banks of a beautiful river bearing fruit in each season. Wow, every season. Maybe different fruit, maybe different amounts, maybe in different ways, but every season, the tough ones, the COVID seasons, the bushfire seasons, the, the unemployed seasons, the, the heartbroken seasons, the frustrated seasons, all of these seasons bearing fruit because of where we are planted, what our roots go down deep into, what is central in our lives. This is the life, the blessed life. This is the life that the psalmist says is full of joy. Whatever they do will prosper. The Lord knows the ways of the godly. Isn't that an awesome thought? Now, let's read this psalm, but consider yourself a neutral party with a choice to make. Are we going to associate with, learn from, hang out with, and ultimately camp out with the, the, the wicked and head to this life that, well, the results of it are simple and clear. It leads to destruction and devastation in so many ways. Now, we might say, well, I'm not wicked. My, my friends aren't. I'm not just going for all of these things that are, are just all about me. But actually, well, God's word makes it really clear that there's only really two ways. There's, there's one with God at the center and anything else is a pursuit of things that are, are all about us. That's actually what sin is. It's a pursuit of things that are other than God. Sin is putting something else in God's place. And if God is not first, then our, our life is heading down this pathway. And it might seem like steps. You see, that's what the psalm says. It, it, it's, it's incremental. It talks about someone who walks and then stands and then sits. They, they walk down a path and they stand around with certain people and they sit and they camp out in this way of thinking and living that is not God's best. The orientation of your life matters so much. What is first matters so much. And so here's the key that I believe is in this psalm to help us. If you're glazing over and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, put God first. Well, what does that look like? You know what the psalm says here? It says, they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about His law. Another translation says, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and, and His law they meditate day and night. That word delight is the absolute key here. I want to live a blessed life. What does that look like? It means to delight in the Lord, delight in the things of God. I wonder how long since you've thought about God like that. Not duty, not responsibility, not burden, but delight. You know, when you delight in something, even the hard stuff feels easy. If you're just trying to exercise with no passion, it's hard work. But if you've got yourself to the point where it's something you love, well, then even the hard stuff feels good. It, it, it feels easy. So you see, this psalm is all about relationship. It's not saying do all the right things. 
It's saying let your heart rejoice, let it delight in the things of God, then it won't be hard. It won't feel like duty. Delight is different to duty. Maybe you can cast your mind back to the beginning of, of a romantic relationship, right, where, where nothing is too much effort, where every, there's this overwhelming desire to please, where, where everything is, is a joy. It means to be captivated, to, to see radiance and beauty and, and intricate details worth celebrating. It, it just it means to, to be absolutely captivated by someone. Sadly, lots of relationships drift into duty. They go from this season or, or where nothing is too much trouble to where everything is too much trouble. Where things have become about hard work and roles to play and effort and duty. And boy, that can happen in our relationship with God. And I just want to encourage you at the start of this year. Delight in the Lord. Delight in His ways. Delight in His Word. I think we need to go back to a journey of discovery into the marvels of who Jesus is. I love the way the psalmist says a little later on that he wants to just sit in God's temple in his house and gaze on his perfections. Marvel at the beauty and the goodness of God. Marvel at the glory of his creation. Marvel at the, the depth of his forgiveness the breadth of His grace shown for you. Marvel at His unending, unfailing love. Marvel at His mercies new every day. Marvel at the night skies that declare the glory of God. Marvel at the fact that Jesus knows every detail of your life and cares intimately for you. Marvel that He made you unique and wants a relationship with you. Do whatever it takes to delight in the Lord. To, to reset, to put Him first, to pursue Him, not out of duty, but out of passion, out of delight, out of a heartfelt longing for what matters to Him, out of a desire to give Him glory. You know, in coming weeks, we're going to talk and then put into practice a lot of things around prayer and fasting and reading the Word and setting up our world right. We're going to launch into February with this, with this incredible sense of unity as a church, chasing and seeking first the things of God. But even then, let's make sure those things are out of delight, not out of duty. Not just because somebody said, but because there's a hunger in me or I want to develop a hunger for the things of God. So let me wrap up with this thought. There is competition for your first. There is competition for what is first in your life. Don't let somebody else decide it. Don't be ignorant of it. Choose. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the things of God and His righteousness. Put God first. Delight in His ways. I want to pray for you as we get ready to finish up. You know, maybe right now you, you're thinking about perhaps for the, for the first time putting God first. Not just thinking about God. Not just having God on the peripheral or, or maybe resting in somebody else's relationship with God or thoughts about God. I'd love to see you step into a relationship with God where He is front and center, where He is first. Maybe in your case, you're a long way from that. You've experienced that, but you've let 
God, become crowded out. You've let all the worries, the pressures, the good things even of life just push God aside. And this is your moment to say, I'm, I'm putting God first. I'm coming back into a relationship with Him. I want to pray for you right now and everybody else that we would grow as we put God first this year. And if you want to make that decision, you want to take those steps, you want somebody to pray with you about putting God first in your life, please let us know by clicking the, the links on the side there or using those connection cards, that button that says, I raise my hand and I would like prayer. Don't hesitate. Hit that. Let's start this year together running in the right direction, seeking God first. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your unfailing love. Lord, I thank you for the ability, the privilege of choosing to put you first. Lord, we want to seek you first. I pray for everybody who's deciding that for the first time. They want to know about a life of putting you first. Lord, I want to pray for courage for those who, who want to fight back through the mess and the chaos and keep you front and center, make a declaration in their lives today that they live for you. And Lord, I pray for every single one of us that you would work in us and through us, Holy Spirit, as we decide in a fresh way to put you first, as we want to delight in you, show us the glory of God. Show us the beauty and majesty of our Savior. Let us delight in you, Jesus, this year. Amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, just visit www.cfreebellconnor.org.au.